1: And now, your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala.
2: We are
3: all started up. And what a show. What a show. We got a great, great, great show. Um, I just wanted to um, tell Joan, Joan, you know, the reason why I lower your microphone is not to shut you down, it's that you can't hear it. No, 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 but there's feedback. In other words, my voice gets picked up on both. Thank you, Joan is here, Sam Bolino is here, Commissioner Ray Kelly is here, and Tom Harris is here, so we are are all excited. Um, I'm excited right now because I just had a little moment in um, the office where it's weird because even though we're all here and we're all working, a lot of times we don't get a chance to hang out. Like, we're, I don't want to say we're two ships passing in the night or 12 ships passing in the night, but we just, it was myself, Imran, Mike Jacarino, <clears throat> Diana, and, and Judge Carmins, um, just standing in the, the and Joni didn't get any invite. And we were just, like, hanging out, and kind of, we started talking about a couple of cases, but then we just, I don't know, we started being silly. And at 55 years old, it's kind of fun sometimes to um to be silly. What a day I had in court. For those of you who enjoy when I talk about what's going on in court, well, I got a doozy for you. You ready? This is all everything I'm about to tell you is is true and accurate. I get to court, um, 320 J Street, nice and early today. Um, I'm there before before in Brooklyn, New York. I'm there before the the courtroom is even open, right? So I'm the first one there. My client is there. I have a co-defendant. And with a great another great attorney, Jimmy Kildoff. Um so the two of us are there, our clients are there, um, but the courtroom's not even open. So we um the court eventually opens right around, I don't know, quarter to ten, ten to ten. And we go in and we're right in the first row, and um we want our case to be called, but the clerk says the assigned prosecutor, the assistant district attorney of Kings County, wants to stand up on the case. So now we gotta wait for the assigned prosecutor. Now jimmy has spoken to him my co has spoken to him on the phone but we don't even know what he looks like he's texting him he's calling him okay he'll be here so now they start calling some cases but <clears throat> i believe it was only one case on right before us and i initially really wasn't paying such close attention to what was going on but i noticed a woman a civilian was called from the audience to the prosecutor's table which is not typical normally when you get called from the audience you go to the defendant's table to the prosecutors table and she starts um, dramatically and graphically talking to the judge about her son's injury having lost his leg he's a young very young man I think he's only like in his high teens and he lost his his leg and this was the case that was on the record the defendant had already pled guilty and was going to be sentenced um regarding this loss of the leg and he, and she's graphically talking about the prosthetic device that he has to wear and when he takes it off when he goes to sleep and he sometimes needs help putting it on and if he has to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night or he wants to get up and get a glass of water he sometimes can't even put that on and now, you know he can no longer do any kind of athletics and it's all because of the actions of the defendant and now the, the judge thanks So She spoke very well, and it was she had everyone's attention, and it was heart-wrenching. And now, now it's time for the defendant. And the defendant um, is a very short, I don't know her age, 48 to 52 Spanish woman who's standing next to a Spanish interpreter who's a woman about the same size. They actually could have been like cousins who's blind, She's wearing big black sunglasses. Um, and then there's an attorney there. And anyone who knows the lawyers of my firm, he he looks like Mike Jacarinoesque esque He's a little younger than Mike. I think he was like thirty-five years old, something like that. Tall, slender, you know, well dressed, nothing that, that stood out, but you know, he well dressed. He's the criminal defense attorney. He had more hair than Mike or I do. I think he had a beard. And he's just standing there. And now the judge says, would the defendant like to say anything? This is after this heart-wrenching speech by the mom. And the lawyer leans over, says something to his client through the interpreter. And the interpreter says, you know, okay, yes, she'd like to make a statement. The first words out of the defendant's mouth are, it wasn't my fault. It was an accident. But I'll take responsibility for it. Now, she's already pled guilty. She's already said, you know, I did. It. Now, but I don't know at this point. Nobody really knows except the participants. Like, what did she do? Like, how did this kid lose his leg? And I will tell you, despite what you see on TV, judges usually do not yell in the courtroom. Well, this judge exploded. And I'm not saying he was wrong. He She goes, it wasn't my fault. It was an accident, but I will take responsibility. The judge just starts screaming, It was your fault. He's leaning all the way over in the bench, like almost jumping out of his seat. It was your fault. It was your fault. You had all kinds of pills in your system and you were drunk and you're driving a car and you took a kid's leg off and the only reason, the only reason why you're getting this agreed upon sentence and I accepted the sentence was that another judge found that the toxicology reports regarding your blood were inadmissible. They weren't done properly. Otherwise, you'd be going to state prison and he's screaming at her and as he's screaming at her, like, a, like a, a tree that falls in the forest, the criminal defense attorney, boom, boom, just passes out, faints, has a seizure. Not a seizure. He's not like writhing around. But this young man, I mean, he was like, I don't know, seven feet in front of me, just goes right down. His head bangs on the floor, pops up, bangs again on the floor. We're all like, holy Moses. And he's not, I mean, I jump up. That's just my natural reaction now, of course, there's court officers in there there's clerks, these are all people trained at c p r um It's interesting, the female court officer who I know for many years, she rolls him on his side on his right side, I guess in case he was choking or something, and but he wasn't there was zero movement of his arms, his legs. I wanted to say, loosen his tie, loosen his tie because no one's loosening the guy's tie. 's like you know us guys who wear these ties you're like half choking half the day, but they didn't do that. And I was really scared. I'm like, does this guy just die right here? I mean, this is crazy. And then I was able, I was close enough to hear him say quietly, I know I heard the court officer first say, you don't have to apologize. And then I heard his voice say, this has happened before. And the court officers were great, Um, you know, within... 20 and within a minute they were like clear the courtroom clear the courtroom i was surprised the judge didn't leave the bench immediately because that's almost standard operating procedure but he stayed on the bench and you know but the clerk immediately picked up the phone and got you know people coming to help um and so now i have my day all planned out i'm going to go from state court which is supposed to be i'm the first case on boom boom in and out and then go over to federal court where i had to take a plea Um, so now we have to wait outside the EMS people come, but it was clear. It was relatively, relatively quickly that this lawyer who I don't know, and I still don't know who it was, um, was going to be okay. But now the defendant is outside this woman, her sentence is not complete. She's hysterically crying. Um, the blind woman interpreter, she's being led around by someone who's, who's helping her around. Um, eventually we go, maybe a half an hour or something like that. We go back into the courtroom and there's another lawyer now. I guess one of his colleagues stands up and the sentence that this woman was getting for taking off this kid's leg, being drunk and stoned on pills was probation, five years of probation. And even though the judge definitely had calmed down, he just said, listen, if you violate this probation, even a little bit, I will not hesitate to send you up to state to state jail time. That's what you should be getting anyway, etc." it was, Dramatic, to say the least it was great being in court um, I was in a court part you know the, the courtrooms have numbers not the, the door number but it's like they call it different courtrooms different numbers this is part 34 part 34 was when I was a young prosecutor um, in the 1990s early 90s that was where I tried all of my cases in front of Judge John DeLore with Mario Romano and Noel Downey and Emilio Grillo and Joe Rosa and those were the glory days of me being a lawyer in Part 34 with Viola Jefferson. It was just a, a real hoot. So to be back in Part 34, I don't know, 30 years later, was was crazy. And then I went over to federal court to take a plea with another interpreter um, in the Southern District of New York in front of a very nice judge, Judge Broderick, who sent his warm regards to my dad. He's a story judge, been around a long time, Judge Broderick. And the judge has been running all day, but I, I was – so excited to have our next guest on, to have Commissioner Ray Kelly on. He's, um, you know, he's talking about storied institutions. Ray Kelly is a storied man. Um, so we're going to take a quick break. With uh, We got to wish Olivia Newton-John a happy birthday. I think, uh, oh, no, no, is it happy birthday or she died? Which one is it, Campbell? Which one is it, Semolino? Molino? Oh, she, she,
0: she passed away today, a year
4: ago.
3: Okay. And isn't it like Glenn Campbell's birthday or it would have been something like that? All right. We're going to play some fun music. We're going to talk to Commissioner Kelly. We're going to talk to Times Square Tom. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Hi, it's Arthur Idala. On Monday, August the 14th, from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. here on AM 970 The Answer, the Arthur Idala Power Hour will be broadcasting live from Pershing Square Terrace right in the heart of Grand Central for a show you won't want to miss. I will be joined by members of the Midtown Business Improvement District Coalition, a partnership of business improvement districts made up of the Times Square Alliance, Grand Central Partnership, Garment District Alliance, Madison Avenue Bid, East Midtown Partnership, Fifth Avenue Bid, and the Hudson Yards Hell's Kitchen Alliance. That group came together in 2022 to start advocating for safer streets and solutions to address quality of life issues here in our city. Hear about how these bids are working together to advocate for these common goals and highlight the triumphs and growth of Midtown's business community from food and drink and shopping to building and real estate. Nothing is off the table when the Midtown Bid Coalition comes together on the Arthur Idala Power Hour on August the 14th from 6 to 8 p.m. Yeah.
5: This is Mike Gallagher. Sign up today for an unforgettable experience in Israel this October. Dennis Prager and I are traveling to the Holy Land on the Stand With Israel Tour with our trusted partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours. This is a trip of a lifetime. You don't want to miss it. Register today before it's too late. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com, StandWithIsraelTour.com, or call 855-565-5519, 565 5519 And together, let's Stand With Israel.
3: All right, let's talk about the Sabah family at Bay Ridge Honda because we are in the thick of summer, and Bay Ridge Honda is still turning up the heat by saving you $1,500. Yep, $1,500 when you turn in your trade or lease and purchase your next car with Bay Ridge Honda. They have been the family owned by the Sabah family, Robbie and and Brenda and Danielle and, of course, Mr. Sabah, who's passed. Um, they've been around for 60 Years, Although Brenda Sabato doesn't look like she's that old at all. She's a beautiful woman. Um, you could browse from over 200 new Honda vehicles and over 100 certified pre-owned vehicles backed by the Honda True program at their 2022 President's Award winning dealership. And right now you get 0% APR financing and zero down payment on select new 2023 Honda models all month long. Plus, receive $1,500 when you turn in your trade or lease when you purchase your next car with Bay Ridge Honda. Even if you don't buy from Bay Ridge Honda, <clears throat> excuse me, they want to buy your car from you. So visit them at 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Brooklyn, New York, or online at BayRidgeHonda.com. That's BayRidgeHonda.com. These deals are available to qualified buyers. Additional fees may apply. See dealer for detail. Sale ends. August August 30th, 2023.
1: You make sure his toys don't have any sharp edges. You taught her what to do when the smoke alarm goes off and to wear a helmet when she rides her bicycle. You do so much to keep your child safe. But are you using the right car seat for your child? Car crashes are a leading killer of children ages 1 to 13. Protect your child's future at every stage of life. For information on the right seat for your child, visit safercar.gov slash the right seat.
0: Sponsored by the New York State Governor's Traffic Safety Committee.
3: All right, let's talk about our friends at Connors & Sullivan because they are the lawyers you need to see to protect your future. If you're not around to make decisions, who will? Are your assets protected from probate and nursing home costs? The time to plan is now. Wills, trusts, power of attorneys, healthcare proxies, living wills, your overall estate plan, that's what Connors and Sullivan does. The goal of Connors and Sullivan attorneys is always the protection of your rights and interests. They've been helping people just like you plan their estates and protect their families for over 40 years. And you could visit them for a free, no obligation free consultation call Connors and Sullivan today to schedule a free in person initial consultation with an attorney at any of their convenient locations in Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens and Staten Island or call 718-238-6500 that's 718-238-6500 or visit their website at connorsandsullivan.com and remember what Mike Connors says the biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is not planning at all
0: listen to AM 970 The Answer on Alexa tune in iHeart or odyssey.com
4: Been walking these
6: streets so long, singing the same old
4: song. I know every crack in these dirty
3: sidewalks of Broadway. We gotta let this play a little bit. I'm sure a police commissioner likes this song. And
6: nice guys get washed away like the snow and the rain.
3: Glenn Campbell. April 22nd, 1936, to August 8th, 2017. Died in Nashville, Tennessee. Here we go. Here's the hook. Ready? Here we are. Let's do it. This brings back great memories of the 70s. Sambolino, when I finish with the uh, police commissioner, please tell me what year Rhinestone Cowboy actually came out. Um, so I, uh, I'm i so happy to have our next guest on. He is, besides being the, uh, the longest serving police commissioner here in the city of New York, and what an incredible job he did in uh, both the Dinkins administration and the Bloomberg administration. But he is such a cool cat. Like you sit with him, you hang out with Police Commissioner Ray Kelly, and it is absolutely a gift. And I have fallen flat on my face because I have promised him that we're going to go and have dinner at LMB Spumoni Gardens to one of those storied Lenny <clears throat> Lenny Kern's uh, meals that he throws out at LMB. That uh, it's a meal you'll never forget. Um, and I haven't done it yet, but Police Commissioner Kelly, I promise I will get to it. Tell me when you hear "Rhinestone Cowboy" by um, Glenn Campbell. What do you think of Police Commissioner Kelly?
6: Well, first of all, I'm very happy that you remembered the commitment you made, taking me to dinner in uh, basically a Sicilian restaurant. So I now hope we can renew that pledge.
3: It'll happen. It's I promise, Commissioner.
6: I I, I love the uh, Glenn Campbell. Um, obviously, he's talking about uh, New York and the. In the streets of New York, that's what comes to my mind, uh, anyway. And uh, we have some troubles now. But, uh, you know, you go back to the 60s and 70s, we had those troubles, and we were able to overcome them by some very good police work and good leadership. We had uh, Mayor Bloomberg. Of course, we had Mayor Giuliani. And we have kind of slipped from from the, the good work that was done during that time. Do you know the murder rate was down... 90% Ninety percent in twenty years of uh, Bloomberg and Giuliani. Uh, yeah, it's quite an accomplishment. It was, it was yeah, really and, sort of a renaissance period.
3: But I and think so, Commissioner, was, because I keep I, I keep the statistics statistics close at hand. They actually kept going down um, under Police Commissioner Bratton's tenure in uh, in the De Blasio administration as well. Um, I think twenty eighteen was. I don't know about murder, but the overall crime rate was the lowest. And then, boom, bail reform came in. And then COVID came in. And then George Floyd came in. And then, honestly, the the bail reform came in when the New York State Senate went from Republican to Democrat. And they changed all the bail laws. So here's the question I want to ask the police commissioner who served this city so well for so long. Give people a little insight between the relationship, the police commissioner, and the five district attorneys?
6: Well, we had a, uh, I, I can only speak about my, my own experience, we had a great district attorney in all five boroughs, and, of course, we had the the, the premier district attorney in, in Robert Morgenthau. Uh, that has all changed, and the relationship, I don't know if I can say exactly what the relationship is like now, but uh, I think Alvin Bragg is a mess to uh, certainly the people who live in Manhattan, not, uh, like me. And the other district attorneys seem to follow suit. Uh, New York County is still a big, uh, you know, the big dog as far as district attorney's offices are, are concerned. And uh, they're just wholesale rejecting uh, cases. I mean, who we know about prosecutorial, prosecutorial discretion. But taking it to the extreme, he be pledged on day one, you know, just not consider certain crimes as, as being crimes. I mean, he will not write up resisting arrest, will not uh, not have any charge of um, uh, fair beating, fair evasion. I mean, who who is this person? So as what the public want him to do. But there's no there's no real resistance to that. No other politicians are. Complaining about it, and except some, uh, you know, calls, from Queens. You know, they, right. They get so, away.
3: so Commissioner Kelly, let me again. I, I, it's such an honor to have you on. Is there anything the police commissioner can do? Is I mean, can the police commissioner? I look. You, you had Bob Morgenthau, and I believe you had for a period of time, Cy Vance. Um, <clears throat> did is there anything you could do? Could you pick up the phone as the police commissioner and call the district attorney, whether it's in Manhattan or Brooklyn or wherever you want to call them, and say, you know, can we sit down and have a cup of coffee and talk about what's going on here? Or is that like breaking some form of protocol?
6: No, no, I did that all the time. Uh, certainly with Preparaha, with Sivant, and of course, uh, Joe Hines. So, uh, yeah, we had uh, that kind of communication was normal, normal course of events. event. Pick up the phone, you talk about, issues i just doubt that that's happening now uh they have a new police commission we have to give him some leeway give him some time uh but i i think it's it'd be very difficult for him to have a working relationship with uh, alvin Bragg or the some of the other district attorneys in the uh, in new york city uh so you know it, it, it that relationship should be a constant but i don't think it is
3: so they were Obviously, there were a lot of talk um in the course of your your career about you possibly running for mayor. so, I want you to just put on your mayor's hat for a second if you're Eric Adams right now and it's now it's mayor and now it's Mayor Raymond Kelly, and you're dealing with the same situation. You have a new police commissioner come in, you have Alvin Bragg who's now prosecuting certain crimes as well as people in in other boroughs as well what What can the mayor do is the mayor should the mayor be calling a breakfast with the five district attorneys and the and and the police commissioner and deputy mayor commissioner. What what would Mayor Ray Kelly be doing right now? Sure, the mayor is the
6: chief law enforcement person in the city, controls policy. He's directing it. I think what you see now is Eric Adams wants to be both mayor and police commissioner, and that's that's problematic. It has to give the police department and the police commissioner some reign, some freedom to. Uh, address the issues i think uh virtually everything that's done now is run through city hall and i don't think that is particularly good but what what i would do i would put back in place the the uh, anti-crime units of the uh, of the city they have been uh, you know effective for almost 50 years now what they do is they have something that sort of looks like it but the cops are in uniform it, they're wearing a uniform. I, I did this work 100 years ago, but, you know, you go out in taxi cabs and you, you know, you, you follow people, you go to uh, robbery-prone locations, that, that sort of thing. You reinstitute, stop, question, and frisk, perfectly legal. It's a tool that every police officer needs in the toolbox. And I'm sure as you know already that, the, it, it, you know, it's it, uh, buttressed by Terry versus Ohio, a Supreme Court case. It's codified in every state in the union, and it is a valuable tool that I think should be back in place. I think they what what they're doing now is sort of flooding those the six precincts that have a lot of a lot of shootings, you know, robberies, that sort of thing, and, and you know using an awful lot of overtime. It's probably not it's not sustainable for too much longer, but. So that's where the uh, uh, cops are and in the subway uh, as well. Uh, so I, I think uh, uh, I, w- I would definitely focus on the subways. It's the lifeblood of New York City. You've got to get people back, certainly back into Midtown in Manhattan. People are afraid of the subways. There's no question about it. Uh, I hear about it uh, all the time. And, you know, they're trying to show... Hey, we were doing a little better than you know last year or whatever, and that, that's fine. But the reality is that it, it, you have to get those subways under control. So, on a subway crime, and uh, you know, get people back in Midtown Manhattan in, in
3: particular. You well, that's there, that's and, where, and, that's yeah. why that's where I am right now, Commissioner Kelly. I'm on 45th and Fifth, and <clears throat> just so so everyone knows that I'm, I'm I tell the truth. I'm not a BS artist. I woke up this morning and in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. I got on the R train. I took it to J Street Borough, and um, you know, in Brooklyn, I handled my case there. I got on the other train. I took it to uh, the Lower Manhattan. I went to 500 Pearl Street. I got on the four train and took it to Grand Central. Uh, I saw a couple of your 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 people you supervised. I thanked them. I always do. Um, And I'll be honest, the trains were air conditioned. They were safe. They were clean. Um, I did, I will tell you, I didn't see one homeless person. There wasn't one. I actually ran into a classmate of mine from the DA's office. Um, I have noticed a, a marked difference in the last year and a half, um, on the subway. Oh, right. So I, I mean, I hope we're, you know, I really hope we're heading in the right direction. Commissioner Kelly, I know you, you have to go. Um, but number one, I do have your, your digits. So I'm going to reach out to you and figure out how we can have a meal at LMB, um, Number one. And number two, I hope you let me pick your brain every once in a while, because, you know, there someone said to me last night, you know, de Blasio's whole thing. Well, he got, you know, pre pre-K kids at the pre-K and, you know, Bloomberg got the the city back after 9-11. You know, what is what is Eric Adams doing? And I really think he's got to he's got to deal with the crime situation as well as this migrant situation that I got dropped in his lap, but nobody knows the city like you do, Police Commissioner Kelly. So I want to thank you for taking the time, and um, I will be reaching out to you soon.
6: Thank you, Artie. Good to be with
3: you. God bless, Guy, and warm regards to your bride. All right. I hope to see you soon. Thanks, Bill. I will. Thanks. Police Commissioner Ray Kelly, he is, uh, he is a wealth of information. I mean, he was there for uh, in the Dinkins administration when things were a little rough, but then people forget it was Hey on Dinkins who went and got all the new cops. And when police commissioner Bratton was on, I think the week before last, he said, when we came in, we got 6,000 brand new cops handed to us from police commissioner Kelly. And that worked out really well. All right. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back when talking about a new hotel or a new restaurant or something that's going on in Times Square. Don't go away. We'll be right back. not see what they-
4: Tonight at 7, it's Travel Tuesday on Radio Night Live. And Linda Perillo and Kevin McCullough will conquer the time-honored question. How do you spend your standby time waiting for a connection? That's tonight at 7.
3: Feel like you're trying to push a boulder uphill, wearing skates? If you
5: run or manage a local business today, you're challenged like never before. We get it, and we want to help. We're Salem Surround. We're a full-service marketing agency that'll help you increase your customer base by designing incredibly effective plans to reach your consumers day,
2: night, and everywhere they might be. If you're a local business and want to see what Salem Surround can do for you, Google Salem Surround New York. Remember to Google Salem Surround New York Today.
0: Increase your investment knowledge in a unique way this year. Join us on the 2023 Eagle Financial Publications Cruise along with The Money Show. Visit eaglefinancialcruise.com for details and to secure your cabin. Eagle Financial is a division of Salem Media Group.
3: All right, so let's talk about our friends at Plaza College. What a beautiful institution that is. I've been talking about the court reporting program at Plaza College for some time now. Of course, I ran into the court reporters today, several of them in the courthouse. Well, Plaza College, which has been around since 1916, um, not only have the School of Court Reporting, but they have four other schools of study, including their new School of Nursing. The accelerated Bachelor of Science in Nursing program can be completed in just 16 months. And they just graduated 18 successful students who are now serving our community. Hooray and hurrah to them because, boy, do we need nurses. Plaza also has their dental hygiene program with a 20-chair community clinic. Students work on live patients under the supervision of a dentist. It's incredible. For additional information regarding the programs I mentioned or Plaza's other areas of study, email info at plazacollege.edu. That's info at plazacollege.edu.
4: Achieve the best possible outcome. At Idala, Bertuna and Cammons, that is what we offer. When I was on the bench, Idala, Bertuna and Cammons earned the reputation of being the boutique law firm that fights passionately for their clients in the most professional manner in both civil and criminal cases. I am proud to be a member of the Idala, Bertuna and Cammons law firm, where our lawyers will give you
3: the powerful representation you all deserve. Okay, I am giving you a warning regarding Hemp Leaf. Their peppermint shea butter, it's like a whipped shea butter, is so powerfully peppermint. Don't get it that close to your eyes, <laughs> which I did last night. So I got this wicked suntan, sunburn, suntan, whatever it is. So I was going to sleep. I'm, I'm out of the lavender. I got to go online and order more of the lavender. I was like, all right, let me do it go with the peppermint. So I put it on my head. I put it on my forehead. <clears throat> under my eyes, but I got a little too close to my eyes. Let me tell you something. It is such an amazing feeling. It is real peppermint in there. It is powerful. It is strong. It's great. It's exhilarating. Not what you want in your eyes. I didn't get it in 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 my eyes, but it was like burning my eyes. But it just, I'm telling you that to show you, like, it doesn't just say peppermint on the little label. It's like really peppermint. Um, it, it was great. I really enjoyed it. It was like going for a little ride. Um, At Hemp Leaf, you know they really put a lot of love and care into their natural botanical products that are manufactured in their Long Island, New York facility. The products are vegan friendly and cruelty free. Besides, their shea butters they have their liquid black soap they have their icy pot muscle relaxer they have their helixer neuropathy cream remember they don't put anything on your body that you would not put in it you got to check out all of their products visit them at www.hempleaf.com www.h-e-m-p-l-i-e-f.com mention the name arthur at checkout and receive 10% off
0: Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or Odyssey.com.
1: We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, Attorney Arthur Idala.
3: So, little you 2 We got a birthday for you 2 Nope, not Bono. But it's The Edge. This is The Edge. This is The Edge. Love you 2 62 years old. Roger Federer, 42 years old. Donnie Most. Now, Sam Bellino, here's a test. Who's Donnie Most? Uh, I believe he was on Happy Days. All right, way to go. 70 years old. Deborah Norville, 64 years old. And Dustin Hoffman, 86 years old. Well, happy birthday to all of them, especially The Edge, who we're listening to right now. And as it is Tuesday, as tradition here on the Idala Power Hour, it is Times Square Tuesday with Tom Harris, who is reporting on a huge win for Times Square, and he has a guest alongside him. Tom Harris, you know how to be a host. Take it away.
2: Arthur, thank you very much for having me. 1975 was when Rhinestone Cowboy came out. I don't oh, know that a really boy.
3: Well. That, that theme. <clears throat> thank but you so much. Yes.
2: Really great stuff happening in Times Square. We just got our visa data for the second quarter, and we track everything. And visa spending is almost at 2019 levels. The one bright spot is the hotel industry that surpassed 2019 Levels, and uh, we're very excited that today we welcomed a new hotel to Times Square, Tempo by Hilton, which opened up at 1568 Broadway, the TSX site. It's a 46 story tower. Uh, it has a hotel, experiential retail, cutting edge, uh, entertainment. We saw Post Malone perform there a couple of weeks ago, a signature restaurant, highball, and uh, and it's it's really great we're excited that it's in Times Square and we have the visionary for this project David Orowitz from L&L
3: Holding who's uh, joined us David
5: Hey, Tom,
1: Arthur, nice to meet you. Thanks oh, the pleasure
3: on. is all ours, Tom. I mean, David, I'm sorry. If, if you don't know, I'm a, I'm a huge Times Square fan. Um, my office is literally down the block, and I've had Tom Harris on now for quite some time, always bragging about Times Square. So, David Horowitz um, of Tempo by Hilton, why don't you brag a little bit about uh, the new venue in Times Square?
1: Yeah, well, he did a pretty good job to start. So, you know, we're, uh, so I'm a, I'm a principal managing director at l Holding, We're the developer of the project. So, you know, today we opened the doors of the Tempo by Hilton, which is the first Tempo uh, that's opened anywhere in the world. It'll be the flagship. Um, we're really excited. We've got guests, you know, sleeping in the rooms tonight, which is you know, a big milestone for us. And it's part of a much larger project that uh, that is pretty unique in uh, in what's been done in Times Square in the past, but kind of. It takes what what we've done in the past and kind of brings it into the next the next millennium
3: okay i have I have one question for you. Um, one of my my pet peeves of of some of the new institutions that open, and obviously you're opening today, right so you're state of the art um, and but I mean it's the Yankee Stadium is one, the Barclay Center is another. Um, do you guys accept cash in that building?
1: You know that is a really good question. And I apologize. Yes I or I, I, I didn't. I did not mean to. It. I
3: didn't mean to throw you a curveball. My, my apologies. It just, it, I, I assume so, but I do not know. So it just. Uh, it, I. Uh, I'm
1: curious now too.
3: I. You know. I. I hang out like even some of the lawyers in my firm who are like 40 years old. They're not like you know, old people, like like they don't, they don't carry cash. They don't, they have like $3 in their pocket. I'm sorry. I'm going, I'm sorry. I'm going up on this tangent, but every time I hear about something new opening up and it's all these like cashless places and it's, I guess it gives Tom Harris the ability to know what people are spending where and, and what everyone is doing, but talk to me a little bit about tempo and the tempo brand by Hilton.
1: Yeah, so it's a new brand that they brought out um, in the last couple of years, and we basically partnered with them to build the first one. Um, you know, the uh, the vision for it is really around developing sort of a refuge within Times Square. So, you know, we all are, I, I'm certain the three of us love Times Square, right? And, you know, but it has a level of energy that is unique to the United States. And I think what we really wanted to do was embrace that with the views, with the terrace with you know we have the palace theater within our building which is an iconic broadway theater that we fully renovated and actually lifted 30 feet in the air in order to re-envision the building but we also wanted to create a place where people could get away and you know have a cocktail have something to eat you know relax sit down use a restroom you know do the things that people want to do um when they've you know been out uh, running around all day so yeah, we're really trying to create something that's, uh, that's sort of an oasis within Times Square.
3: So just give me a little more detail. So if someone's going to come to Tempo by Hilton, what what exact cross streets are we going to?
1: So we're right on 47th and 7th Avenue. So the, the red steps were directly across the street. Uh, if you were there and you were looking up, you would see our 18,000 square foot main LED sign. And then our whole entire tower has LED built into it. And then you have a stage out to Times Square. So we have two doors. It's about 30 by 30 feet that open inward into the building. Those those basically look like a sign when they're closed. And when they're open, they basically open out. And you can step out on a stage to perform, perform to Times Square.
3: And if someone wants to go and have a libation uh, in your venue, uh, is that on the main floor? Is it up high? Like, give me another no,
1: idea. We've got it. So you, you come in off 47th Street and take the elevator up. And our main... A uh, lobby and bar and restaurant, the highball are on the eleventh floor, and then our hotel rooms are upstairs.
3: Okay, so it's the eleventh floor. Is there any kind of view when you are up there at the bar and the restaurant? There is. We're going to open up a terrace in about a month,
1: so you know we've got kind of you know a, a big terrace along there, and then the rest of the project, which is about a you know about a hundred thousand square feet, will have terraces and food and beverage, which is coming later but will be part of kind of the ecosystem of
2: the
3: building. Uh, Tom Harris, I'm thinking you and I broadcast a show from that terrace. I mean, how's that sound?
2: I think that would be great. Maybe we could broadcast from that stage overlooking Times Square. But, um, but you know, I just want to give David and the folks at TSX a shout out. They have been fantastic partners throughout the whole process, and they're giving back a lot to the community. They They broadcast the Super Bowl live from their screen. Uh, The Tribeca Film Festival, the the film Waitress, was premiered simultaneously in Times Square for visitors to Times Square. They gave us that free Post Malone concert. So we're expecting to partner them to give a lot of uh, civic entertainment to
3: everyone who visits Times Square. Is there a show currently in the Palace Theater?
1: There is not yet, but there will be soon. So we're uh, we're just finishing that renovation, and it, it will be um, ready to start, you know, rehearsals, you know, later this year. So I would expect a show, you know, very soon.
3: Wait, but is it going to be like a regular Broadway show, or is it going to be more like a concert venue?
1: So historically, that venue because it's the third broadest, broad, third largest Broadway theater, they've done a lot of musicals there, which which tend to have a bigger audience. So I would expect that there would be musicals there, but uh, the first show hasn't been announced yet. Um, and the Negro Orlando organization who runs that is going to do something pretty unique. Uh, it's the, you know, it's, it's the most comprehensive renovation of a Broadway theater really ever. So we, we added, you know, about 200% more women's bathrooms. We've, you know, oh, that's a smart we move. Yeah. We need that one to resonate. Uh, and then people can use the bathroom and get a drink in, in the in the uh, there commercial. you go.
3: David Arowitz, one last question from Temple by Hilton, or the, the developer of Tempo by Hilton Hotel. Um, the what kind of cuisine is in the uh, the highball venue? So
1: it's you know the 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 thought around that is that we wanted to create something that was good for New Yorkers and good for people coming to New York and wanting to have a New York experience. So we've tried to pull from some of the best stuff in New York. We have a really good. Um, yeah, you know, we've got a really good hot dog. We've got a really good hamburger. Uh, we've got a steak. You know, we've got kind of. Uh, you don't have sausage. like a pastrami
3: sandwich. You got a pastrami sandwich there? We
1: we don't have a pastrami sandwich yet. But if you come in and ask for it, uh, you know, we might uh, we might add it to the menu.
3: David, I very much look forward to meeting you. I'm sure Tom will make that happen. Congratulations, everyone who puts their heart into New York the way you did just makes it a better place, and that's why I love this place. David Arowitz. Times Square Tuesdays. Tom Harris, thanks, guys. I appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Arthur. All right, That's we'll yours. catch up We'll catch up real soon. All right, folks, don't go away. we got one quick segment left, and then, oh, my God, it's 7 o'clock almost, so we'll be, blah, 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 we'll be back with Sam Bolino and Joni. Bye.
5: Many novice gold and silver buyers make fatal mistakes when buying precious metals for the first time. Mistakes made because of dealer gimmicks and scams. Dennis Prager here for Amphed Coin and Bullion, my choice and it really is, for buying precious metals. Numerous precious metal dealers are capitalizing on the demand for gold by selling inexperienced investors collectible coins with outrageous markups. One company charges as much as $18,000 for collectible coins that are only worth about $5,500 in the open market. It's an example of the honesty of AmFed. Other dealers tell falsehoods about government gold confiscation or regulation of gold prices at AmFed Coin & Bullion to keep things simple and transparent so you'll understand what you own and its true value if you're thinking of buying or have already purchased and want a second opinion call nick grovich the man i trust and his team at amphet coin and bullion 800-221-7694 receive a complimentary coin performance review americanfederal.com americanfederal.com
3: okay so monday you know, we just spoke to Tom Harris of the Times Square Alliance, um, and he's been very helpful. He's always helpful. Monday, August 14th. So this Monday coming up, we're going to do a two-hour show right here on AM 970, The Answer. That two-hour version of the Idola Power Hour right uh, by Grand Central, outside of Grand Central, in the Pershing Square Terrace. I am going to have a lot of guests, and they're all real true blue New Yorkers who are trying to make this part of the city the best it could be. It's the Midtown Business Improvement District Coalition. And this coalition basically, it's a partnership of all the business improvement districts right here in Midtown. So it's the Times Square Alliance, the Grand Central Partnership, the Garment District Alliance, the Madison Avenue Bid, the East Midtown Partnership, the Fifth Avenue Bid, and the Hudson Yards Hell's Kitchen Alliance that whole group came together just last year to start advocating for safer streets and solutions to address quality of life issues here in the city. So I'm going to interview the head, I believe, of each and every one of them because they're all, I mean, look, the garment district is a little different than Hell's Kitchen. Um, And we're going to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and how we could fix it all up. Food, drink, shopping, real estate, nothing's going to be off the table. So you should really make it appointment listening Monday, August the 14th, 6 to 8 p.m., right here on the Arthur Idala Power Hour.
0: Kevin McCullough is next on AM970, The Answer.
3: Simbolina, you got to find me a little Olivia Newton-John.
4: What am I playing right now?
3: Oh, sounds like physical. Well, while I'm looking up this next thing, give me a little something from Greece. Can you do that? Sure. All right. So right now, so I'm on the air talking to Commissioner Kelly, and who I'm just so fond of. I've had the opportunity to spend time with him um, personally, uh, like in in very social aspects. We spent New Year's Eve together. He's he's just really a, a really cool guy. He knew my grandfather, or I guess he knew of my grandfather, the boxing judge, Artie Idala, Um, but I get a text that says a good Christian boy. I'm like, what does that mean? And then I get a Google alert that says, lawyer says teen accused of stabbing gay men to death as a good Christian boy. So I'm like, I didn't say that. So I'm putting the text from a friend together with a newspaper article. And basically there was a tragic death. Um, from a, um, the fact seemed to be that there was a young man who was voguing, 28 year old professional dancer, um, who's a gay man who was voguing to a song from Beyonce. And, um, he was wearing pink shorts at a gas station in Brooklyn and a fight broke out. One witness said that the young men cited their Muslim faith as a reason why the dancing man had to stop dancing and then they use some anti-gay um, and then apparently anti-black slurs uh, and One of the um, The person so this 17 year old boy He's not even 18 right so he can't even be in the army He can't drink he can't vote He basically can't do anything, but apparently he was able to stab and kill kill the 28 year old Dancing gay black man um, And his lawyer who I know uh, Mark Pollard He said that he, uh, so he's being accused not only of homicide but He's being accused of homicide as a hate crime and what that does is it takes the minimum the mandatory minimum from 15 years to 20 years and It doesn't affect the maximum but hypothetically if this person goes to trial and they lose a trial and the judge says well He's 15 years old, you know, I'm gonna show mercy on him. I'm gonna give him 15 years that's only if they only prove murder in the second degree. If they prove murder in the second degree and there was gay slurs, racial slurs, um, you know, you can think of some other slurs and they prove that as well and they satisfy the elements of a hate crime, then the minimum is 20 years. So if the judge wanted to show mercy, the most the judge can do is give 20 years. Um, so a um, so, Pop- I'm going to read from the article. Popov's defense attorney, Mark Pollard, talked to PIX11 and explained that his client isn't Muslim. And then is, in fact, Christian. The statement may be an attempt to cast doubt on investigators as court papers say that the defendant said, stop dancing here. We are Muslim. Get that gay stuff. He used a bad worse word than that out of here. Um, and then I am quoted saying, if it's easily proven beyond a reasonable doubt, let's just say. That he's Christian and he's not Muslim, it casts a lot of doubt on whatever the witnesses are saying about what happened," said Arthur Idala, who is familiar with the case but not working on it. So someone, you know, read the headline and thought, "I'm the one who said, you know, he's oh, because at at one point Mark Pollard says he's a good Christian boy or he's a good boy, and just shows you how people read headlines and they don't read articles, and that's why I wrote back to my friend. I go, "Why don't you read the whole article before you start quoting misquoting me?" Um. Anyway, I am going to dinner tonight, um, immediately after this. Well, first I'm going to meet Susan Necklace, who is a spectacular um, trial attorney. She is one of um, President Trump's attorneys on the state criminal case here in Manhattan, being prosecuted by Alvin Bragg, which whom Commissioner Ray Kelly on the show today made it clear he's not a big fan of Alvin Bragg. Um, so I'm going to go see um, Susan Necklace and just have a... Casual libation with her because she's a, a wonderful woman. She's a really, really great lawyer. Um, I try to spend time with the lawyers who I really respect, who I'm going to learn from. And she is definitely in that category. And then I am going to um, scoot down to Brooklyn and meet Brendan McGuire, who was the chief counsel to the mayor up until, I don't know, 96 hours ago. I think Friday night was his last day. Um, he has left. And. Um, the The mayor's office after a year and a half, you know this. There's this periodical here in the city called City and State, and like they ranked a couple of months ago the most powerful lawyers in New York, and I believe Letitia James, the New York State Attorney General, was number one. as should be, and then the Corp Counsel was like number two, and that's the lawyer. So Letitia James, is the lawyer for the whole city, Corp Counsel is the whole, the lawyer for the whole. Um, no, Leticia James, the whole state, um, and um, Judge Heinz Raddick, who's now the Corp Counsel. She's the lawyer for the whole city. Um, and they ranked Brendan McGuire number five. I was number twenty-six, by the way. Um, and most of the top people in the almost in the whole top twenty were all in government. So it was kind of a big deal that I was twenty-six. It means nothing, except it made my mom and dad happy. Um, and it's cool when clients like, oh, wow, well, look at that, he's number twenty six. Um, but I'm going to I'm going to dinner tonight with Brendan McGuire, who's really, um, he's really really a, a great great guy. He's had a, a, I mean, he's I don't know, maybe forty two, forty four, something like that, and he's already had an unbelievable career. Speaking of Police Commissioner um, Ray Kelly, Brendan McGuire's father was a police commissioner. Um, in um, here in New York City, um, I forget his first name, but I just know it was Commissioner McGuire. I should know his first name, but I will give you a little insight. Um, we spoke a lot about the Donald Trump case yesterday and the one in Washington. And last night I stayed in the office. Very late after one o'clock in the morning and one of the things that's hard for me to do sometimes being the managing partner of the firm and being a lawyer in court as I was today in state court and federal court in Brooklyn and Manhattan um, is to catch up on reading and one of the resources that my friend Jeff Kerns, told me who's he's the managing partner of a big law firm called Shepard Mullen you know they have hundreds and hundreds of lawyers um, the, The New York law journal is a tremendous resource, but it's hard for me to like, I, I can't sit here and read a paper. I mean, people need my attention a lot, not only professionally, but personally. So it's very difficult for me to just like kick back and read a newspaper. But last night I stayed here reading the newspaper and I read the profile of, or the profiles of the prosecutors that Jack Smith has pulled in to, um, you know the all the prosecutors working on the case with him and what Brendan McGuire told me tonight was he knows the majority of I think there's seven of them or eight of them. He's like these guys are all the real deal like they are At the top of their game Every T is going to be crossed every die is I is going to be dotted every needle in the haystack will be found so um and and Brendan, who is someone I respect, he was in the, the SDNY as an AUSA for I, I think a decade at least. Um, you know, he read the forty-five page indictment, and he said it's such a well-crafted and and really solidly written from a lawyerly point of view uh, document. So it just, you know, verifies a little bit of what I was saying yesterday. Um, I did Anthony Wiener's podcast last night from the office from, like, I don't know, 10 to 10.30. I recorded it for him because he heard me on talking about him on the show yesterday. And a big shout-out to Mr. Bitter, my brother, uh, December 1st baby, um, who listens to this show regularly. I You know, he's got some very strong opinions about the migrant crisis and how to solve it. But i got to tell Mr. Bitter— The one thing that I know for a fact is that the state and the feds are not really looking to help New York City at all. And it's not because Eric Adams has not been asking and trying and having ambassadors and things like that ask and try. Wait, Diana, don't leave. I'm off the air in two minutes. I just want to talk to you about that project you were supposed to work on today that you didn't. I'm off the air in 20 seconds. All right, so tomorrow night, I'm going to be live from the studio, but not with Bellino. I'm going to be with Alex, and I don't know if Joni's going to be there. And then I'm going to have a great dinner with my dad and Luca and Judge Pesci tomorrow night. So that's it. I have a wonderful day tomorrow, and I think there's going to be some great weather. Enjoy tonight. Enjoy life. It's all good, folks. It's all good. Listen to Olivia Newton-John. God bless you, young lady. You are a fantastic uh, member of this society. Good night, everybody.
4: Side. The, the,
2: the, 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 the Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna and Cammons, PC.